Guys, the finals keep rolling along with the semifinals in Hotlanta. Will the dairy farmer put them forearms to good use? Let's find out. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. See, there we go. It's the lights. It's MC Chris. That really gets me going on a Wednesday night. It's a Wednesday night. It's a Wednesday night, guys. Something like that. I, th- I always thought you were talking about me when you said MC Chris. I <laughs> swear to God, I'm like, well, what a nice guy giving me all this uh, airtime. Uh, I like MC but... Chris. I like that. <laughs> thank you. Yes, thank you. This is also MC Chris. <laughs> guys, we're talking about Season 8, Episode 7 of American Ninja Warrior, the Atlanta City Finals, right here on AfterBuzz TV. My name is Ty Matthews. Y'all can find me on Twitter, on Instagram, on Snapchat, all sorts of social media, at Ty Matthews PMA, as well as various other after shows, but more importantly than that, my lovely, talented co-host. Ah, thank you. I, I could not be more important than you, Ty Matthews. Uh, <laughs> uh, so Chris Howard, you can find me at Chris Howard Live on uh, Twitter and Instagram. Also, go to legendarylivingdaily.com where I have uh, daily things that go out to you, motivation, tips, things to make your life incredible, and legendarylivingtv.com for YouTube. But right now, we're here for... America Ninja Warrior. That is absolutely right. (laughs) This season's just flying by. We got some more city finals to talk about tonight right here at Turner Field, home of the Braves in Atlanta. Let's talk about this new and improved course. Oh my God. Of course, we've got the floating steps right off the bat. We've got the Big Dipper, which is longer and is missing the cargo net on the landing, which will come into play later on in this episode. We've got the block run with four blocks instead of five, a little bit more spaced out, a little bit more challenging. We've got the spin cycle of course we've got the pipe fitter in which the the hanging pipes above move a lot less so you can't get that swinging momentum like you got on the qualifying course next up we've of course got the 14 foot 14 and a half foot rather warped wall right after that we go to the salmon ladder the floating monkey bars the clacker the brand new clacker and this thing is a beast. This is a tough course. I mean, uh, yeah, it's a beast. And mm. not to mention that spin cycle. That was tough as hell. But Absolutely. Absolutely. And of course, right after the clacker finishing off the city finals, as it always does, is the invisible ladder. A 30-foot shoot where you must, as the name implies, climb an invisible ladder by pumping yourself up on those rings. Love to pump myself up, but uh, I don't know if I'd make it up this ladder. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So let's get right into it with Eddie Stewart. He's a firefighter, 33 years old, from Hueytown, Alabama, and he is getting his pecs dancing. Boy, is this guy built or what? <laughs> this I guy mean... is Jack. <laughs> He's dancing the pecs. Of He's course. Working it. That's what you got to do. Five foot nine, 201, built at like a brick shit. A brick, that's exactly what I thought. And I was writing down my notes. I'm like a brick shit house. <laughs> exactly. Uh, a real real smooth landing right off the big dipper kind of crashes a little bit on the landing off of the block run uh it looked like the landing off the block run he kind of he kind of hit his head he a little hit bit hard yeah and he was holding his head afterwards it looked like he might have been uh, <laughs> you gotta really have... shake it off yeah because yeah, that that's no joke i mean doing this course already is hard enough let alone after you've taken a blow to the head no kidding it, it, not just that blow to the head but right afterwards when he uh was on the uh spin cycle he took quite a dive there. oh man <laughs> so he so he gets on that that second uh I guess would you call it a wheel? I don't even know. Yeah, it's hard to. Know I'm what gonna, to call that. for we'll lack call of a better a term, we're yeah. gonna call them wheels. Yeah. On that second one, he's kind of he's wild all over the place and just ends up diving headfirst into the water, yeah. which we don't see very just much. Just to keep it wheel. I mean, just to keep it real. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, wheel, wheel. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Now, one thing I noticed about the spin cycle with uh, Eddie Stewart's run is that 
if if you if you're swinging too much you know, when you're when you're on that second wheel especially if you're swinging too much you end up going forward and going backward and you're, there's a lot of movement but you're not going anywhere it's it's a tough one to master though mm-hmm. I'll tell you what because whether they're moving I mean all of them were not going very well uh, going very well on the wheel right. um, but, but they kept it wheel and <laughs> they were spinning around and I'll tell you what that's got to just drain your arms exactly a, a few of them got the the uh, run pretty uh, pretty well through and efficient but mm-hmm. I don't know I, I I didn't figure it out I don't know if you did no. Not really. Yeah. Well, it seemed like there were two different approaches to it. Yeah. It seemed like some people, if they had the wingspan, if they had the height advantage, they could reach from one to the other. Right. A lot of other people were kind of hopping and jumping from wheel to wheel. And uh, I think it was Akbar that said that that was a pretty good strategy if they had the, you know, you have to have the guts if to you, take the jump. If you can, yeah. it seems like it kind of conserves a little bit more of that energy, which you definitely need on the back half of this course. For sure. Oh, for sure. Because mm-hmm. they, were, they were all toast before they hit the warp wall. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. So he ends up diving headfirst into that water. Will not make it past the ATL City Finals. Next up, we've got Joey Green from Huntsville, Alabama. He's military net. We got a great, great story about him taking his nephew in and and basically being more of a father than an uncle. He became really. a foster father. He, yeah, I, I believe he adopted him. Didn't yeah, he? he adopted yeah. him. Um, he his his nephew Brandon had to be taken away, put in foster care. So he spent three years getting his ducks in a row and becoming his his foster parent. Really touching story. Absolutely, and they had a great connection. They're working the obstacle courses together in practice and preparation. Sure. And you see that it's it's really a chance for them to connect as well, which is cool. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And I mean, this is another guy just super, super built. He's a military vet working for a missile defense contractor. Also spent four years in the Alabama National Guard. Right. Um, and, and I'll tell you what, the um, we're seeing one built person after another. Exactly. We're just seeing some massive physique. Exactly. He's he's a little bit smaller than Eddie Stewart. He's 5'9", 171 pounds, but still putting in a great run. Uh, right off the off of the Big Dipper, just lands straight on his ass right. on the landing. <laughs> yeah, it's it was, like yeah, luckily I've seen, I've seen worse landings. <laughs> exactly. Luckily, that crash pad's there. Totally fine. Can move on. Yeah. Um, and one might even think about the advantages of, of a landing like that. Exactly. Who knows? Pretty smooth. He just slid um, right in. <laughs> now he's you know you know he's he's coming into this. He's got something a little bit more to prove because he was the slowest to hit the buzzer out of the twenty seven people that hit it in the qualifiers. Right, but so he was moving. Pretty quickly on this one. Exactly, yeah. that's got to really light a fire under you yeah. to to make a good time in the uh, the city finals. He had a pretty good pace, and he was he was playing for real, and he did pretty well. And he was yeah. a, a one thing also on the pipe fitter on that very yeah. last pipe. At one point, he was hanging completely upside I down. I loved that. I thought <laughs> because he really worked that pipe fitter well. And sure, he made it through to the. And I was like, oh my god! And then I was I was like, how did he do that? He caught it with his leg until you realize that you pretty much have to catch it with your legs exactly to make it beyond the the last one exactly uh he makes it all the way up to the warped wall but at that point i think between the spin cycle between the pipe fitter he's just too exhausted can't quite make it up uh, in the three tries and totally out on the wall yeah. yeah um so it's it's tough to see but it's you know it's it's i think it's still a victory just making it that far for sure and if he was the slowest on the qualifiers to make it up i mean he he did really well he can be proud of his run exactly exactly now let's talk brent ruffin our redneck ninja <laughs> love this guy this guy's hunting this guy's fishing he's atving out in the mud he's hitting that archer pose i love that calling a shot um and also you know i've talked a lot about it about how people use their environment to to train an unorthodox 
um, meth in or unorthodox styles, and this guy's tossing wagon wheels around. Yeah, you can't call um, yourself the redneck ninja <laughs> without having unorthodox training. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, now he did. He was one of the guys that hit the buzzer in the qualifying course. This is his fourth season qualifying, but he's never quite made it to Vegas just yet. Absolutely wants to wants to make it to uh, the city where he gets to play a little and uh, exactly yeah. <laughs> and it's you know I noticed a lot of little things watching Brett Ruffin this time around I watched he he had that cross grip on the Big Dipper right which I think is very very important and well he had the cross grip and then he was uh, working to switch it back and forth and trying to figure out what right. was really the best grip exactly and to your point because you had said in a previous episode how do you dismount from a lot of these things with the cross sure grip? sure and sure and actually difficult. I mean really now that I think about it I'm not sure the cross grip would be as good for something like the Big Dipper now that I think about it. Right. It might be good for something like the Wedge, like we saw, you know, because there's that danger of the bar slipping out of your hands. Right. But when you're on the Big Dipper and the idea is to launch yourself when forward. When you got to get the forward momentum, it, the, that cross grip it, could get it, in your way. Yeah, it yeah. might be It might be better to use a kind of palms out Well, I think, I think it was on his run that we saw, it, it, may, it may have very well been him that was struggling with, what do I do? Do I go cross grip? Do I go forward grip? But it became pretty evident that it's hard to launch and especially dismount without, without a forward forward grip. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Now this guy, he's a halftime entertainer for the Memphis Grizzlies, so he's no stranger to trampolines, <laughs> yeah. which, I mean, it's one of those things you never think about, but of course it would come in handy yeah, on the American trampoline skills up to par, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, you know, he's six foot, 185 pounds, a bigger guy. I love, right before the block run, he's kind of, he takes a second and he's sort of analyzing it and he's studying it. And it's things like that. You know, a couple weeks ago we saw the, the chess master going in. You have to have a game plan. You have to kind of really analyze it. Absolutely. Planning out the strategy, knowing how you're going to hit each one. And and, I, and once again, we say this every time, but they get better and better as the evening progresses. And you have to think that that comes from watching the strategies play out, seeing what works best, seeing exactly. what doesn't. Yeah. Exactly. And he's one of the guys that on the spin cycle was sort of jumping rather than reaching. And it really worked for him. Um, and I love that yeah. after landing off the spin cycle, just pulls a toothpick out of his mouth. Uh, yeah, what's with that? Like, it's just like... And I'm, I'm looking for the toothpick as he's going up the pipe and going, has <laughs> he still got that Right, exactly. Uh, it's little things, you know. You just put a little, put a little mustard on. Um, now there's, you know, also on the pipe fitter, on to up to that second floating pipe, it's a foot rise. So that's that's kind of just an added an added challenge there on yeah. an already challenging obstacle. And that pipe fitter looked it looked very like I thought at first. Well, this is going to be easier for them because they don't have the swing. But exactly, it, it, it turned out to be a lot harder because they and had to, see the, I had, all the weight bearing. Exactly, it's yeah. funny that you mentioned that because I had thought the same thing. You know, yeah. I felt like there were kind of pros and cons to the fact that it was a little bit more stationary. Right. You know, yeah, you couldn't get that swinging momentum, but it seemed like it might have been a little bit easier to kind of to hold on. Yeah, to. Yeah, like you got something solid. At exactly. Least. Exactly. Exactly. Did you think that this course was more challenging than the L.A. course? No, because I think the L.A. course had the wedge, didn't it? Right, yeah. I think the wedge is really the difference maker. Yeah, that was a tough one. Like, I, I was watching this at first, and I thought, you know what? This looks easier than the L.A. course. But then as the evening progressed and you saw how many people just weren't making it right, to, right, up, the, right. up the warp wall even, I was like, huh, I don't know. I yeah, don't know. it's. I think, yeah, in, in terms of kind of the, the specific obstacles, I think the wedge, I mean, obviously did a lot more people in than the clacker did tonight. Yeah, but yeah. to be fair, that's also because a lot of people... That's Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people didn't even make it to the clacker. Yeah. Um, but 
But Brett Ruffin, he on the um, on the pipe fitter, he it seems like when he gets to that last pipe, his legs are sort of caught on the chain, right? And so it's it's hard it's a hard time getting those down. A few of them had that tonight for the dismount. How exactly. Do you then, how do you then transition when you slide down right. to the bottom to, to dismount effectively? Exactly. Yeah. And once once he gets to a to a hanging position, he can't quite lache to the landing pit. And and it was kind of surprising. We didn't expect him to go exactly. down when he went down. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, it looked like when he was getting that momentum going that he had it. at one point the. the the mat was right underneath him, and then it just seemed like his hand slipped just, right as he swung back over yeah, the water. I think he thought he had it too. Right, uh, right, he said right. that with Christine Leahy afterwards. That uh, yeah, I, I was I thought I had it until yeah. I found myself in the water. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, next up, we've got Chad Hall. And he's a contractor from Trinity, North Carolina. This guy is the ninja builder. Now, even more than that, you know, he constructs his own uh, obstacles to kind of train on. But even more than that, what I thought was absolutely fascinating is that in the last season's Orlando <laughs> qualifiers. This guy hits his head so hard, it opens up a gash. He's bleeding. And he finishes the course bleeding from his head. Keeps running, keeps going. <laughs> That's a ninja. That's this guy is absolutely ninja. crazy. Uh, and speaking of crazy, on his home course, <laughs> we saw a little bit of fire underneath his obstacles, reminiscent of Neil Crazy Kramer. Uh, Another no, one of my favorite names. Crazy Kramer's was great. I mean, we saw all the fire and all the... You know, this guy had the fire there just to a little extra motivation. You, you go down, you're screwed, right? Kramer's practically training in a fire. Oh, that was factory. amazing. Yeah. That was an amazing uh, demo tape that he, that he sent in. Um, now, speaking... Now, we, we talked about how he hit his head on last season's Orlando qualifier. It seems like... Like he is, it's like potentially injury causing at this point. Like he's going to do it again, it's, right? Yeah, <laughs> off of off of the Big Dipper, he almost it looks like he could possibly have twisted his knee a little bit. It did, well, the, the, it absolutely looked like he had hurt his leg, and uh, the way he landed, it was it was really strange. And then even even Stood off right of, back up, even off of the block run, it was another hard fall. Like this guy just can't get to break. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but you know he he spends a long time on the spin cycle, which they mention, and it's it's like we said, that's the kind of thing that will wear your arms and your your deltoids and your biceps. It'll wear it all out. And completely. you got to imagine that the swinging motion too. It's not just the hanging; it's the swinging and then trying to figure it out. Like that's gonna take. That's just exactly take exactly. But I mean, he up. he perseveres. He makes it past the pipe fitter, makes it up the wall on the the very first try. Mm. But it's that first rung on the salmon ladder. Yeah. It's you know he hops. It looks like he's got it. Completely, he's keeping those L's as Akbar loves. He went a little high with the left side, didn't he? Exactly, yeah. exactly. It lands a little bit uneven, and that's all it takes. Sends him straight into the water. Mm. Mm. Yeah, good run though. Good run. He was the first one to make it that far, I believe. Yeah. Yes, first one to make it up the wall. Up, up to, yeah, yeah. First one to make yeah. it up the wall. Made it to the salmon ladder. Mm. Really nice one. Next up, we've got Tyler Martin from Norcross, Georgia, a gymnastics coach. Another, you know, we get so many of these amazing stories because it really seems like. It's 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 past like that, and it's histories like that that really fortify the type of people that go out for something like yeah, this. Yeah, he had uh, he, he had a, a, a really sharp character. He's 21 years old. Mm-hmm. Started parkour when he was 14 years exactly, old. Exactly right. Uh, he said he was doing flips off the the uh, the tables in the uh, cafeteria at school. Absolutely. Uh, so he was he was running, and I, we also see. So his mother died. That was the, right. That his, was the big... his his mother passed when he was 12. 
Um, what was interesting is, you know, we've seen people come from loss and from places of loss, but he, not only that, but he, he mentions that he had a tough time controlling his anger right. as well. Right. What was interesting, what he said about his mother was that she would say, you did well, but you're, you you got more in you. Right. Exactly. Um, exactly. So she must have been a little tough on him too, or she saw the best in him and saw everything that he was capable of becoming sure, yeah. and held, held him to that standard. Exactly. Yeah. She yeah. knows the heights that, that he could have reached. And right. so... Um, it's interesting. Yeah, he talks about about not being able to control his anger, but something like this is so perfect to be able to channel right. that sort of energy and that sort of fire and that sort of passion. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, he looked like a solid kid, solid character, and he was going, he was breezing right through this thing, and he was built too, really. Well oh, built for sure. For, lean, wiry frame, but built and, well. And that's the thing. Yeah, he's lithe. He's five foot eight, one hundred and seventy one, but he's got a four hundred and fifty pound deadlift. Wow. Yeah, just <laughs> absolutely, <laughs> deceptively, insane. deceptively strong. Um, and he's and we see. See that emotion. We see that passion from him. Mm. He lets out this huge scream on the pipe fitter. He calls his shot on the warped wall. Gives it a thumbs right. down. One <laughs> of the a, most badass moments of the season. Uh, this is very gladiator, right? You're Ex- going down. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, you know, he shakes his arms out on that very last rung of the salmon ladder. He's the very first person of the night to make it to the floating monkey bars. But that very first one, we we see our kind of first taste of the things that it can do because you have to take that bar and you have to land it in in that next groove. Yeah, the precision you have to have with that to place it is is insane and we, I, I think that we saw the people that handled this one the best were the people that would just take it nice and easy and mm-hmm. place it in rather than going a little uh, little crazy as you're going to, to place that exactly exactly so that first uh, that first monkey bar slips out of the groove and it's not enough for him to keep uh, his keep his arms up and keep his strength up falls into the water but he's made it the farthest thus far of the night surprising too I didn't expect it exactly yeah. exactly uh, next up we've got one of the Brazi Bros. We've got <laughs> Lucas Gomez. These guys are amazing. He's he's a worship leader from Coral Springs, Florida. He and his brother Alexia are just like it's it's another one of those stories that we love to see. Yeah, they're like, Brazilians. They're from Brazil. They've got that Brazilian spirit, and they were saying that it was like a Brazilian soccer game in the stands because they they had the flags there. The the they're cheering them. They've right. got the colors you exactly. Um, now last year Lucas didn't hit a buzzer, but Alexio did. So there's a little bit of a rivalry there, obviously. Yeah. Um, and but, he works it tonight. Exactly, exactly. Um, he on, now on that on that last block on the block run, it almost looks like he not only falls but like falls sideways. Yeah, like he, that was one of the gnarlier white wipeouts that we saw on the block run. Yeah, he, he recovered pretty well from it. And I'll tell you what, I did not expect this run out of him. Yeah, absolutely. It, even for, right from the floating stairs, he was just be he was so he did not look like the other runners. He didn't leap with uh, with ease and grace. He, it seemed he was a just kind of stepping across. Yeah, it seemed and, a little bit slower, maybe uh, a little bit amateur. more. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But uh, but he has, you know, obviously he's a, he's a veteran, uh, a serious he's, veteran. He's, now. he's yeah. five foot eleven, one hundred and sixty five pounds. So he's got those long arms that help him on things like the uh, the the spin cycle and the pipe fitter. Uh, he makes it up that wall. He misses that first monkey bar like Tyler Martin did, but barely, barely saves it. But it's that second bar that gets him. Right. Makes the first bar and just the exact same way it's that second one. I, and it sends him almost backwards into the water. Yeah, that looked a little scary yeah. actually because he missed it and that momentum carried him back and it looked like he might hit the, the you know the beginning of it. But uh, you know, I didn't expect such a good run out of this guy. It was like uh, it was very impressive. Definitely, yeah. definitely. Next up, we've got Casey Sahaki, and of course, this is one of my favorite favorite ninjas of the season because he's got such a close relationship with his grandfather you know we we saw that in the qualifiers obviously and uh not only that but he spent three weeks in the walk-on line like that is is... that's absolute dedication to becoming a ninja um and he keeps (laughs) 
I mean, really, there's nothing much to say up until the pipe fitter. He's keeping such a smooth pace. Nothing. I mean, he's not really making any missteps. Um, uh, first through the floating monkey bars too. Uh, he no, there was uh, there were a couple a couple. Oh, of, were there? Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. But, but made it all the way. Oh, through. that made it through. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, or actually, no, he he lost he lost on the monkey bars. Sorry, sorry. We got our notes. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, we he, know what we're talking about. Barely, no, Casey, no, Casey dropped out on the clacker. Casey, was, that's right. That's I'm looking at the wrong clack, person. Clack, clacker, and he's got tight notes. <laughs> he's got. <laughs> it's all right, guys. It's a Wednesday night. We got it's a little together. bit late. We're fine. Uh, Casey's hockey, yes. It's uh, on the salmon ladder. At one point, he gets that uneven rung, but he's able to correct oh, he it. He corrects it. My God. Yeah. yeah. That Somebody was one of the totally unexpected. One yeah. of the moments I definitely thought that he was going to lose it right. for sure, but to be able to correct it even and make it past is so much more impressive. I think we saw a couple of these uh, ones where we weren't expecting and they were able to recover, right? Um, like on the third run on the wall or on the re- recovering there too. That was sure, and he's yeah. he's he's making a great pace. He makes it to the monkey floating monkey bars in under three minutes. Wow. Um, skips past that last monkey bar to to finish that obstacle, and it's that clacker. You know, he keeps trying. To get that clacker over, and he made it to the last one, didn't he? he I think he made it very over close, to, yeah, exactly. Like the yeah, last clacker, and just couldn't pick and it and up. Just, and it's so frustrating and so heartbreaking to see him kind of trying to reach it up and reach it and up you and got reach nothing it up. left. Yeah, and it just saps so much of your upper body strength. And I really, I think the front half of this course is all about agility. The back half is all about upper body strength. Right, and we and we saw so many people lose that upper body strength by by the time they uh, even got to the first uh, the first couple of the back half. Right, exactly, yeah. exactly. Uh, next up, we've got Travis Rosen, a stock trader from Franklin, Tennessee, with a family of five. And it's, you know, that, that family that they, they talk about it almost as if, like, it's a good luck charm, like it's a superstition. Yeah, because yeah. they were there for the qualifiers. He made it in the qualifiers. He's made it six times to Vegas on American Ninja Warrior Amazing. out of six tries. Wow. And his family, he's looking at him. He's like, this one's for you. He's like, I love know, it. They, yeah, there's a really uh, close bond and, and connection. Exactly. Not only does he have the, the power of his family, but he's coming off of two major injuries as well. During the Vegas finals, he broke a rib. During Team Ninja Warrior, he broke his wrist. What's with that? I mean, and he keeps coming back. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> and that's, yeah, that's that's that spirit that we keep talking about is like anyone else would have those injuries and say, hmm. I might be done with this. Yeah, no, I thought I was watching it before going, maybe I should give this a try. And then you hear about him breaking his rib and his wrist. And it's like, wow, that's the, that padding, I don't know. Is right. it really that good? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, at 41 years old, Travis Rosen is the oldest uh, ninja of the night. That's not slowing him down at all. He makes it to the monkey bars in just a little over two and a half minutes. Very impressive. Uh, for the first to finish the clacker of the night. He's looking a little bit wild, a little bit out of control mm-hmm. on the invisible ladder, but he manages to finish in six minutes, 52 seconds, the very first finish of the night. First one up the night, and we, I was really wondering if anybody else was going to make it after that, because this is a tough, tough course. By the time he made it there, it's like, oh my god, and he said he didn't know if he had anything left to make it up that invisible ladder. Absolutely, and yeah. at that point, you really shouldn't be able to right. have anything <laughs> Yeah, left. that's true. <laughs> I mean, you make it that far, you're going yeah. uh, to be working it. Exactly, yeah. yeah. We see you know, the, the people that did finish by the time they get up to the top of the invisible ladder. It's so difficult to bring your legs all the way up onto that platform and kind of go up those last few rungs. It takes everything you got. Absolutely. Next up, uh, we join JoJo Bynum's run in progress. He's a semi-pro baseball player. Um 
We kind of join him right before the wall. He barely, barely makes it up the wall on his third try. Right. And I did not. This is one of them. I didn't think he'd make it. Absolutely. I mean, it's one of those things, the warped wall. Once you, once you fin, once you fail it the first time, it's gotta be just exponentially so demoralizing harder. Demoralizing too. Exactly. Like both mentally and physically. Exactly. Yeah. It's, you know, it's demoralizing. It gets in your head. You're spending so much of your energy just trying to get it all out on that first try the, that if you don't make it, what else do you have left? This is what really impressed me about him was that, like, because for me, he was done. After he missed the second time, there was no way. I didn't even know they got three tries anyway. I thought it was two because it used to be in the qualifiers, I think. Was it three? Uh, no, two? I think it's always been three. It's yeah, always yeah, been yeah. Three. Okay, yeah. so I, I'm expecting two. But, he but a lot of people, a lot of people don't even get to that. That's right. what it is. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So he and I'm looking. I'm like, this guy's done. There's no way he's going to make it. Uh, and he goes right up, and he's like, boy, more power to him to yeah. pull it all together and, and get up there. You know, exactly, exactly. Uh, he makes it up those those. Um, up the, up the warped wall has kind of a hard fall off of the monkey bars, but he makes it past, and it's on that clacker. You know, we see his face, and we see him kind of get in that zone, but there's just not enough left in his body. It's like that thing, you know, the the mind is willing, but the body is right. Weak, it's like know? Uh, I want to go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's just he's trying so hard, and he's concentrating, and you can see the intense, intense focus. Just can't hold on on that yeah. clacker. Yeah. Took it uh, out. Yeah. Um, next up, let's talk about one half of the ninja newlyweds, <laughs> Brett Sims. I love this guy. Kennesaw, Georgia. He's a 29-year-old parkour instructor. Uh, he and his wife, Grace Jones Sims, they met at a ninja gym. A year later, they were in Costa Rica. They got married. Uh, Good place to go. Exactly. I mean, this guy is just kind of the quintessential Ninja Warrior. He met, met his wife there. He was on the very first season of American Ninja Warrior. She was on uh, Team Ninja Warrior. Exactly. Yeah, so exactly. They... I mean, this guy, he's been doing parkour since 2007. Like, you got to think that was way bar- before parkour became, like, right. kind of before mainstream and cool. cool. Yeah. Right. <laughs> what and is this you're doing? This guy, yeah. He's, he's, he's the... small. And wiry. He's five yeah. foot six, 130 pounds, definitely smaller than a lot of the other ninjas that we saw tonight. Um, not only that, these ninja newlyweds share a house with yet another ninja, Ryan Stratus. Right. Just so many ninjas <laughs> under one roof. Uh, but he makes it uh, all the way to the wall, absolutely no problem up the wall, makes it past those monkey bars. He fights a little bit through the clacker, but this was kind of one of the first runs where it seemed like he, he really had it in, right. in control the whole time. Yeah, no, you see, and once again, I come back to how 5'6", 130 pounds, mm-hmm. little wiry frame that can mm-hmm. really work well. He doesn't have the wingspan, like, exactly. uh, like will help out so many of them, but... Uh, he, he was doing pretty darn well. Exactly. And yeah. it looked like he was struggling a little bit on the invisible ladder, but he manages to finish in 7 minutes, 36 seconds for his very first finals course finish. There you go. That's uh, pretty amazing. Absolutely. Pretty amazing. So, so, so good. I love when Christine's able to to tell people they're going to, you made it they're going to Vegas. Yeah, exactly. Right. Uh, next up, this has got to be... The most heartbreaking moment of the night for me. We've got Caleb Watson, our dairy farmer from Sweetwater, Tennessee. Just one of my absolute favorite characters. What is it you like about him? He's he's so he's so animated, but in such a way that it's not. You, it's clearly not put on. For, right down to the handmade "Give me this mountain right. shirt." I mean, he's milking cows. He's tossing hay bales around, climbing up silos. All American. I mean, uh, he's yeah. just he he really is this character. Yeah. You know, it's it's coming from from a, a wrestling background. He reminds me a lot of the Von Erichs. The Von Erichs, very very famous wrestling dynasty dynasty in the South, and he reminds me a lot of of the of a member of the Von Erichs. And there's so 
much of that country charm there. Right. Um, and it was, you know, he made the second fastest time on the ATL qualifying course, only behind Drew Dreschel, who's one of the, just like the... All-time. The, I mean, the all-time yeah. greats. Yeah, definitely. So it's... It's so heartbreaking that he ends up losing it on the Big Dipper. Right. You know, and they mention on the qualifier, it was the cargo net that saved him after the Big Dipper. You know, he just barely clung on to so it. So it was tough for him before. And so, and so this time around, there's no cargo net there. Yeah. And, and that's what ultimately did him in. That's, and surprising. Just really surprising. Exactly. Yeah. And it's so, it's so tough to watch. And you can tell he's upset with himself. He says, I just plum choked. Yeah, and you hate that when it happens. But it can happen to anybody. We saw that with uh, Casey Catanzaro. Yeah, I definitely. I'm still pronouncing the name right. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, she's awesome. You know, and it's happened with so many. And that's and, the thing you never know. It, it really comes down to any given day on any given obstacle, you know? Um, going back to, to unorthodox training methods, I love that he, on his farm, he carries buckets without the handles right. to improve his grip strength. <laughs> he inte- he deliberately takes off the handles and carries them just with his hands on the lip See, to improve so his grip strength. See, this is so unlike old, how ninja training was originally. You know, you wouldn't wait in a line and uh, you'd go to the Shaolin Temple and you'd right. wait outside until they said okay. And then, you know, it's, it's so different, but uh, right, exactly. <laughs> it works. Uh, next up we've got James McGrath, one half of the Ninja Roommates. As we saw, I mean, a lot of fanfare surrounding these two. There, you know, there's this friendly sense of competition between them, but they're both such incredible athletes. And well-deserved uh, fanfare, too. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. Now, James McGrath, he's he's called the Beast. He's got that crazy hair, but we talked about Casey Catanzaro. She puts the dreads in his hair, makes him more aerodynamic. Uh, so she's there all the, so they're traveling around, so you get the ninjas that and, actually... And I was, I was wondering about that today, because you see a lot of the ninjas we saw Jeff Britton watching today, right. who will be competing in the Philadelphia finals. I, I wonder about that. Do they go to every final? Well, it looks like some of them do. Huh? Right, it's exactly. Like, uh, it's a whole lifestyle for them. They're preparing for a year in advance. They're training at Ninja Gyms. Sure. And, you know, this is their thing. This Absolutely. is what their life's about. Absolutely. Uh, James McGrath, uh, one of the taller ninjas, six foot two, 160 pounds. He's, you know, another guy that's kind of wiry. Right. But it, but it helps. You know, I think that body type might be kind of the, the optimal body type. It really works. You've got, when you've got the height, you've got the wingspan you've got the reach but if you're wiry and if you're lithe you don't have that weight holding you down on stuff like the spin cycle and the pipe fitter yep absolutely and you can and for dismounts and everything it's going to help Exactly. Because got the extra distance. Yeah. Exactly. And I mean, this guy, he flies up the salmon ladder. I think they, they talk about it. It's as if he's in an elevator. Right. Just like, just straight <laughs> up it like it's no big deal. He flew through everything. Exactly. Exactly. Makes it past the monkey bar, past the clacker. Uh, he's just blistering past Travis Rosen's pace. Uh, the last uh, finisher before him has no problems at all going up that invisible ladder. And he manages to finish in five minutes and insane, one second. Insane. Just, I mean... For fastest for, time of the for comparison, Travis Rosen, the next closest finisher, was six fifty two, right? And he's at five oh one, just and just like it's nothing for him. That's beautiful, beautiful um, run. But of course, of course, we've got to have that rivalry. We've got to have that competition because right after him, we've got Drew Dreschel, Fairfield, Connecticut, twenty seven years old. Um, last year, he made it all the way to stage three in Las Vegas. And they say real life ninja is his name, right? Right. Yeah. yeah exactly. Exactly. And we've got, you know, we talked about the other ninjas watching. We've got the weatherman, Joe Moravsky, watching. Uh, we've obviously got, you know, James McGrath watching to see if he'll be this time. Um, and, of course, we've got the Brazi Bros watching because, and this is important, Lucas is right there at the 
number 15 spot. Right. And so him going to Vegas depends on um, if Drew Dreschel makes it to the Floating Monkey Bars. Yeah. And I think everyone knew there was no doubt that that, that was going to happen. he wasn't going to do it. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> um, and, it's, and it's heartbreaking because Lucas is the one that didn't hit the buzzer last year and his, and his brother did. And, and he did such a good run here tonight. Like, exactly. To, to his credit, uh, he was he, he was ahead of the pack early right. on. Uh, but and that's one of those things, you know, we've talked about how Ninja Warrior, how the community is so tight-knit. But that's kind of the only time that I can imagine you're watching going like, come on, fall. Yeah. Fall, just fall in the water. Just <laughs> fall in the water. Each other you get, on, you yeah. got next year. It's yeah. fine. Um, but, um, but I mean, Drew Dreschel just absolutely another Tore blistering pace. Uh, makes it up the salmon ladder with no problems. He makes it to those monkey bars, which guarantees he'll be making it to Vegas. And sadly, kicks Lucas Gomez right out of the top 15 spot. Then keeps going. Uh, and just keeps going. <laughs> flies through that clacker it seems like faster than anyone had up to that point um you know the invisible ladder he had failed on it in last year's orlando finals but at this point it was really just a, a matter of if he was going to beat james mcgrath's time right and as hard as he tries he comes up just four seconds short it was so close finishes in five minutes and five seconds just a couple minutes short of james mcgrath's time Second short yeah so yeah so yeah so we've got with that, we've got our top 15 qualifiers for uh, do you have the list? going from ATL to Vegas. And I do have the wow. list. Our top 15 Ninja Warriors that will be going on to Las Vegas will be James McGrath, Drew Dreschel, Travis Rosen, Brett Sims. Those four guys were our only finishers of the night. Next up, we've got Casey Sahaki, Sean Richardson, Jojo Bynum. All of those lost on the clacker. The rest of the field lost on the floating monkey bars. That's Neil Craver, Crazy Craver. We'll see him in Vegas. Uh, Tyler Martin, Chris Bohm, Yuri Force, Mike Chick, Alexio Gomez, Mac Rush, the king of obstacles, and Todd Bourgeois. You are seriously organized today. I'll tell you <laughs> what, man. You, that's great. Like having it organized, having that information. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, you know, there's hope for us. You know, they, they have the surgery where they break your uh, they break your legs in two places and they can add several inches to your height. There so you go. We can do this. There still. you go. Yeah. Let's get it, guys. We're going to be ninjas. Oh, man. But that is it. That's it for the week. That's it for the ATL finals. Next week will be the Indianapolis finals. We see such favorites as Megan Martin, Brian Arnold, Jake Murray. Who knows what we're going to see? We know we're going to see an absolutely unforgiving course. I'm so let's see. To it. Let's see how many people finish. We saw only four people finish tonight. Even less than that in LA. Yeah, these are, these are these finals are tough. I'll tell you what. We were seeing a lot more people pass through before. And oh yeah, uh, they're really weeding them out. And it's and I'm excited to see how much more difficult it gets once we get to Vegas. Absolutely. But guys, thank you so much for joining us. We'll be right back here next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. Talking episode 8, the Indie Finals. But for now, Chris Howard, where can they find you? Chris Howard live on Twitter and Instagram. Also go to LegendaryLivingDaily.com for tips, motivation, different types of things for your life. And LegendaryLivingTV.com for YouTube. There you go. And as always, I am at Ty Matthews PMA on all forms of social media. As well as various other after shows including Monday Night Raw on, of course, Mondays. Right here on Ninja Warrior on Wednesdays and tomorrow night for the very last time this season Lucha Underground so watch the Ultima Lucha finale get some wrestling in your head and watch the finale because that's the last time we'll be doing it this season of course if you're on iTunes download, comment, review, subscribe, rate five stars if you're nasty if you're on YouTube leave us a thumbs up leave us a comment find us on Twitter find us on Instagram you love ninjas we love ninjas let's all talk about ninjas let's talk about hoodie ninjas at that but guys, thank you so much for joining us. Until next week, peace. Whoa.
from executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff. We would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later! The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.